0: My name is Deanna. I am a compulsive overeater um, in California. Um, Thank you so much uh, for asking me to be of service tonight. And um, I think I'll just uh, begin kind of at the beginning of my OA journey. Um, I've been in OA since December 30th of 2011. Um, So I believe that's that's 11 years already, Um, going on 12 in December, uh, that I've been continuously um, in the program. In the meetings in the fellowship, I don't have eleven years of continuous abstinence. Um, you know what I have is um is my place in these rooms, and at the time that I came in, um I was miserable. I was at my emotional bottom at that time. I was somewhere between i'd say two hundred and thirty five and two hundred and forty pounds um I'm five foot eight, so that was um plenty obese, and I was miserable. I really put the morbid in morbid obesity, and that was my emotional bottom up to that point. I've since had many emotional bottoms, and I'll get to that later um, in my share, Um, but the 235 to 240 was not my top weight. I topped out somewhere around 300 pounds. It was like 298, somewhere around there, Um, according to my mom's bathroom scale. When I was 20 years old, that's when I hit um, close to around 300 pounds. And um, I struggled with food my entire life. And I would jokingly say when I was a kid and a teenager even, you know, that I was, quote, a food addict. But I really didn't know the severity of what that meant. I didn't mean it in the way that somebody is a drug addict or an alcoholic. But that's what I am with food. It's my drug. And um, I abstain from binge eating. Um, that's, that's how I got to 300 pounds. Um, and currently my food plan is three meals, two optional snacks. I do weigh and measure a lot of things and I am calorically mindful. Um, and I eat really healthy. Um, I don't put any particular foods on my abstinence, um, because I have some experience with restricting and being underweight and heavy, heavy dieting throughout my entire life. But if a particular food or food behavior is creeping up and getting really nasty, I will make some commitments around it to my sponsor and food sponsor um, and some uh, boundaries um, that help to steer me back in with the help of my higher power, some willingness and some humility. Um, So I topped out around 300 pounds, you know, really had had an intense relationship with food from a very, very, very early age, maybe as early as four or five years old. And so I'd hit 200 pounds by by the time I was 11 and and that 200 or 300 pound marker by the age of 20. And so by the time I got to Overeaters Anonymous in December of 2011, I had just come to the end of the road. I was like a pickup truck that ran out of gas. Um, I remember telling my therapist, my soul feels tired. And that was the most articulate language that I could muster up at the time for how I felt because I didn't really have a language for my emotions. I just knew sad, mad, glad, and bad. You know, I didn't know what resentment was. I didn't know what anxiety was. I understood fear, but I didn't understand it through the lens of my disease. You know, um, the big book says that, um, you know, we're driven by a million forms of fear. And uh, my brain is is fear-based. You know, uh, how am I going to get my needs met? What if this thing doesn't turn out the way I like it? One of my major fears is fears of making the wrong decision and I'm working another um, four step around that. Um, but I came, to, I came to program because I was miserable because I was fat. That was the only problem that I could see was that I was fat. And thankfully or unthankfully, well thankfully I'd say gratefully, um, some depression was coming along with that and I just had some kind of inkling that if I've tried all the diet um, and I'm still losing in this this weight battle, that maybe there's something deeper going on. That was my intuition or my higher power speaking through my intuition or both. And I went to my doctor and I said, I need a referral for a therapist. And she said, why? And I said, because of my weight. And so she gave me the referral. I went to a therapist and within a short time, the therapist suggested that, um, that I go to Overeaters Anonymous. She said... You know, just promise me you'll go to at least one meeting. And the alternatives I was facing were uh, weight loss surgery. My parents and my family were really campaigning for me to get weight loss surgery. They felt I tried hard enough to do it on my own. And um, I did not want to get surgery. I was terrified. To this day, I've never had any major surgery, thank higher power. And the other alternative was to go on medication because I was so depressed. And I looked up the side effects of antidepressants, and the first one listed was weight gain. And I thought, oh, gosh, well, I'm already, I'm already obese. I can't, I can't, I don't want to do that. So I, I went to a meeting on a Friday, and um, I just was in such a terrible, terrible mood about it. I had such a bad attitude about it, you know. Uh, they gave me a literature packet, which had, you know, pamphlets in it that may as well have been in Greek. And a lot of people who weren't my age, I came into the rooms at 32. And most of the the women in that first meeting were um, were older women. And I just didn't feel like I, you know, fit in and just was really in a bad place. And there was one wo- young woman at that meeting. And she said, not all the meetings are like this. Come to my Monday meeting. And I went to her Monday meeting and I got a sponsor that night. And um, she and I started working the steps immediately. My My first sponsor also had recovery from binge eating. And so we started working the steps immediately, and I got absent immediately. And uh, I stayed that way for a few months, and then I went on a date. And after the date, I got into some halt, hungry, possibly angry or anxious at least, that, um, you know, how is this going to turn out, where is this going, uh, lonely and tired, because the date didn't end until really, 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 really late. And so I went to some grocery stores looking for what I wanted, And I went to one store and it was closed, and I went to a second store and it was closed, and that was my higher power giving me a beat to pause and consider, you know, what I was about to do. And so I finally went to a third store, the store was open, I got what I wanted, Um, I binged, and I called my sponsor the next morning, I told her I broke my abstinence, Um, and I, I cried. I cried. I thought it wouldn't be a big deal to break my absence because at the time I was hearing a lot of people restarting their absence in the rooms. And I thought, well, that's just how it goes. You know, it takes a few tries to get it. But as soon as I told her out loud that I broke my absence, I burst into tears because I I knew I had lost something precious, um, you know, really, really precious. And it didn't have to be that way. Um, I could have prayed. I could have called somebody, but I didn't. I I got the food that I wanted. And so I went into my first relapse. This was within my first year or so in program. And, um, and my sponsor suggested changing my absence from no binging to no sugar. So I did. I changed it to no sugar. And it's very easy for me to find any number of loopholes in a food-specific abstinence. And I bought a granola bar one day, and it had six chocolate chips in it. And I thought, big deal, it's only six chocolate chips. I told my sponsor what I ate, and she said, well, you've, you've broken your abstinence. You know, you committed to no sugar. You ate this thing. And then I went on a tirade, and I just started binging again. Um, and so we circled back to an absence of, of no binging. And even still, I could not get it back. And I was in relapse for months, still in the room, still with the sponsor. And finally, I called a fellow one day, and I said, I don't know what to do. I can't get abstinent. And she said, you're abstinent right now. And that blew my mind while i was talking to her on the phone i was not binging and she said can you just not binge for the next hour and and i said yes and i just took it an hour at a time and um from that point that i spoke with that fellow i made it to five years of abstinence i worked through all 12 steps multiple times i sponsored i did a ton of service on my intergroup board i spoke at meetings um you know here there everywhere I've been on some OA podcasts for the LA Intergroup, <clears throat> and I was riding high for quite a while, lost all of my excess weight and then some, um, and just was living a life beyond my wildest dreams. Um, I had a day job working in an office, um, but I started pursuing stand-up comedy, and I got an acting agent to audition for commercials, and I started dating at like 33 years, 34 years old or whatever it was. I hadn't dated much before program. And my life just blew up. It was incredible. I felt like Cinderella, you know, at the ball. And I had a spiritual awakening, a radical change in my thoughts, actions, and behaviors in my approach to life. I think when I first came into program, I must have had like 80, I think it was like 80 resentments on my first four step. You know, that's how angry I was. And I didn't even know it because if I was angry, I didn't even really feel it. I might have felt it for half a second and then I would go stuff my face you know, or just bury it somewhere within. And uh, I put my anger in what I call the silo of rage. And then it would just come out in my binges, you know. I would binge because I thought I was going to get fired from my job. I would binge because I I didn't get fired from my job. But at the end of the day, you know, I binge and I compulsively eat because I'm a compulsive overeater. And my brain tells me that, you know, life is not safe, that something's always going to go wrong maybe, or life is too painful, so I may as well throw a layer of, of food over life, to keep myself mildly anesthetized, at least, and horribly numb at worst. Um, and, you know, I'm bodily different than my fellows, so my brain is wired such that I get a sedative effect off of large quantities of primarily junk food. But if I don't have access to junk food, I will binge on literally anything to get full. So once I got, uh, you know, I, um, that five years of absence, life was going great. Um, in 2017, my I had a series of changes in, in rapid succession. My grandmother passed away. My acting agency shut down. My stand-up comedy group uh, was temporarily disbanded, just thing after thing after thing, family moving away. And I short-circuited. It was like this um, fight, flight, or freeze. And I fought. Like I fought in my brain this change. Like I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Um, and then I froze. I was just paralyzed in numbness. Um, And I got very, very thin. I got down into the 120s. And at that point, um, you could see my rib cage with my shirt off. When I sucked in, you could see my ribs. As it was, I had already lost my period. Sorry, guys, on the line, but I'd lost my period, you know, once I got under a certain weight anyway, which is just a shift from being a 100-pounder to a normal size. But obviously, becoming underweight didn't help either. So I got down in the 120s. I got thinner and thinner and thinner, and it was a cry for help. I wanted my sponsor to pay more attention to me. I think I wanted the universe to pay more attention to me, and um, I started just disappearing. And my my brain just discombobulated. I, I went into some really bad OCD behaviors and ADHD behaviors. My spiritual recovery disintegrated. It blew up. I went into a black hole of oblivion. And after I fought and I froze, then I fled. Just like the big book says, it says we were in full flight from reality. And I tried to kill off my recovered self so I could do something to start my life again and hide out until all these changes were over because I couldn't process it. And it was so painful. Um, So I broke my abstinence. I think it was June 23rd of 2018. Um, After all these changes happened, the second half of 2017. And I just ate into oblivion. And within four months, I packed on 100 pounds. um, And I got fired from my job a week or so, maybe two weeks after I broke my abstinence. And my body just went into this horrible, like, shock response. I was sweating through my sheets at night from binge eating. I was having chest pains. Um, I got a blood clot in my right leg because I would just binge and pass out on my couch in the living room. I, I didn't even sleep in my bed. And once I got fired from my job, all bets were off. Um, I just binged my way through my unemployment for six or seven months. And I still stayed in the rooms. I had gotten let go from my sponsor before I broke my absence because I was going nuts. You know, I was sliding towards anorexia, and I was ragingly codependent on my sponsor to make decisions for me because my brain didn't work anymore, and I couldn't find my higher power. Uh, which I think is was is the universe or a loving spirit of the universe, the flow of life, music, kindness, grace, creativity, um, a, a rhythm to things, and the principles of the steps, you know, which is honesty, hope, faith, courage, integrity, perseverance, um, love, awareness, and service. I think I'm quoting it right, hopefully, the spiritual principles of the twelve steps. And I lost that in the fear, and I had a nervous breakdown. I do believe part of my relapse was a mental health issue as well as a spiritual issue. And I went into oblivion, and I stayed in OA because I had nowhere else to go. And I went to two meetings a week or a day. I went to two meetings a day before COVID in person because I wanted pity. I wanted to be just as infamous in OA for being the worst relapser ever as I was famous for being this beautiful, thin speaker that spoke at all these meetings and sponsored people. And so for four and a half years, I just ate. And I used fellows and sponsors to co-sign whatever I wanted to do um, in my life and continue to eat. And I would get some days of abstinence, some weeks of abstinence. I got 100 days of abstinence at one point, white-knuckling it, doing it by self-will. And then I got nine months of abstinence in 2020, and I and I broke it after I babysat and I couldn't get this kid to go to sleep and I felt like a failure. And my favorite acronym for um, binge is because I'm not good enough. Five minutes. And I just, thank you. And I was just crushed. But I stayed in OA because I wanted the pity and I knew that everyone in, in program understood me and I had had too much you know recovery not enough recovery to withstand the changes that I'd gone through as a fellow said you know I changed but maybe I didn't she said you changed but you didn't change enough you know to go through what I went through and um and so I just I just spiraled out and I stayed in rooms for the pity for the attention and I had a, I had had enough experience with recovery to know that this was definitely a, a viable solution for me because it had been the solution for me not going in and out of diet programs and stuff because I have a spiritual malady and I messed up in the head and I'm a self-willed one riot. I'm a very defiant person. I have some wonderful character attributes as well as character defects, but I was so marred and run by my character defects, you know, driven by fear and defiance and low self-esteem and all these things. And that's why I needed to be in the program because I came in at 32, but I was like nine years old on the inside. So I kept staying in the rooms. I kept staying in the rooms and I'm in a big book workshop. And just this past November, we were talking about higher power um, as part of our step two work in the workshop and, you know, talking about what our higher power was and the idea of a, of a friend came to me both through AA literature and through the words of a fellow. And so as I was driving home from the workshop that night, which my mom encouraged me to go to, my mom was visiting at the time, and she's not a super big supporter of OA. She thinks kind of a cult and stuff. But she was like, I know how much this means to you. She'd go to your meeting." What a freaking miracle. And so I, I went and we talked about higher power and I thought about higher power as a friend. And I don't know if it's imaginary or real, but when I was driving home from this workshop, um, you know, I thought, well, what a friend say to me? Because I knew I couldn't keep on like I was keeping on in that relapse. Time. And time? Is that time? I believe Hello? so. Oh, can I, can I wrap up the last sentence? Of course. Okay. So this imaginary friend said to me, Hey, Deanna, can you do me a favor and not binge tonight? And I just said, okay. And I haven't binged since. So I have a little over seven months of absence. I've released a lot of weight. I'm working the steps again. I'm a mess, but I'm an abstinent mess. And I have a lot of hope today. And I want to share that hope. So thank you for letting me share. I apologize for going over the time.